Hey everybody, welcome to Sleep With Me's Napcast. This is a bite-sized episode of Sleep With Me, the Sleep With Me podcast. The podcast that puts you to sleep. And this is just a little, uh, you know, nap-sized sample that you could take a nap to. If you're lucky enough to take a nap during the week, you are a lucky person indeed. You can find us on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Full-size episodes are out Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope I help you fall asleep. And if you're taking a nap, congr- congratulations. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm both jealous and happy for you. Hello, hello. This is uh, Lord Tommen, Sir Tommen, coming into you from uh, the Red Keep. Live, can I say live? I've, I've, uh, I, I, I've, I, I, no one knows about our secret audio, uh, the person, uh, the the master of, uh, what do you call yourself? The master of dreams? Uh, don't talk about that, Tom. And I told you that no one can, uh, this George R. R. Martin finds out about this. Uh, oh, okay. Who's George R. R. Martin? Uh, never mind. I didn't, that's my, um, uh, that's where the king from the land I'm from. Oh, so this man that's here in my room, alone with young Tommen, and and Sir Pounce, uh, he, he comes into my bedroom at night, and he gives me this strange microphone and says, uh, tell a story. And he said he's from the king, R. R. Martin, is his king, but I'm not supposed to tell his king that he's in my room with a microphone which is what I'm talking into, and there's things on my ears. How, and how, what's the electricity? Electricity is, uh, he said it's powered by eels, which send signals through them to, uh, I'm afraid of the eels getting me, though. Okay. Excuse us, folks. Okay, Tom, just... Pretend I'm not here. None of this is here. Remember, go off into the Pounce land. Sir Pounce wants you to be with him. Remember, I'm trying to just close your eyes. Imagine you're with Sir Pounce on an adventure and then talk. That's all you got to do. I'm not really here because this is just a dream you're having, remember? Okay, okay. This is Sir Tom and having a dream. And I already live a dream because my best friend is the greatest friend. A boy could ever have a cat called Sir Pounce, the greatest cat in the world, and the best friend a boy could have, Sir Pounce. Now, as I was talking before and in the past, in this dream, which doesn't feel like a dream, but anyway, telling about Sir Pounce, because that's my job, and he's still reminding me the most important job to keep Sir Pounce as my best friend is praising Sir Pounce and petting him on the ears. And this is a continuing tale of Sir Pounce and the quest to wait. The tale of how Sir Pounce got a whisker from the cats across Westeros to show a pirate that he shouldn't brag in in too much or act like a jerk like Joff. Acts all the time. Uh, but Joff, you know, I know some things Tommen knows, and I know no much. Uh, mother says, I know nothing, and I'm not even good at being a boy, a little boy. What What is wrong? Why can't you just be a good boy? And I don't know what's wrong with me. 
And sometimes I wonder, what is? Is there something? And, uh, but Serban says, wow, wow, which I think says, let the cat take your frown. Sir Pounce is around. That's a song I sing to Sir Pounce. But I can tell that unlike the pirate in this tale, Joff is afraid, afraid, afraid. I can see it and I can sense it. And sometimes you think, oh, Tom is so afraid and of getting in trouble for biting people or peeing off of balconies or taking his clothes off and screaming and holding his breath till he turns blue in the middle of a name-day celebration. Never do that again. Uh, uh, um, uh, but, but I know. So I know Joff's scared. So that's our secret. And what is no secret is Sir Pounce, the greatest cat in the world now. Sir Pounce had told me about a trip to my made to a cold, cold place called the North. And Sir Pounce said in the North, things are different. And some people say, oh, the North is, you know, and Sir Pounce has been there. He's dealt with the grumps and the snarks and, and all those. But he said this trip to the North was, you know, to pluck a whisker or two or ten. And then Sir Pounce laughed. I said, well, I thought you only needed one. And then he laughed again. And he said, uh, you know, mind your P's and Q's, Tom, in the North's a big place. And there's a lot of cold cats there that need some warmth. And then he laughed again. And then he licked his paws and, and rolled around and purred and purred and purred. And I said, what are you purring about, Sir Pounce? I'm not even pitting you. He said, oh, I remember the North, Tom. And, and let me tell you one little tale. So Sir Pounce said he went up to the North. And he said people there, he said they, you know, he said they're really nice. But at first they're not nice at all. And they say, what are you looking at? And who's you guys? What do you knows? You know, you guys, you know, well, hey, what are you doing on my lawn? But Sir Pounce said, as soon as you say, hey, I'm just a walking here. You know, how are you doing? How you doing? Something like that, Sir Pounce said. Then they, they get, you get along good. You say, you know, what's up with those, uh, you know, those jerks down south? They think they know everything. And then he said, things are fine. And so Sir Pounce said he was cruising around the north. He said he likes the northerners because he said they're easy to joke with because they uh, they take things so serious that, uh, you know, you can mess with them. And Sir Pounce said, you know, around here, you know, there's a, you know, not a lot of honest people, but the north, it's all honest. And there's a saying, Sir Pounce said, that you can never fool an honest man. And Sir Pounce said, uh, he doesn't think that's true. Uh, but he said maybe it's not okay to fool or not. I don't know. But so Sir Pounce said he was cruising around the north. He said he was plucking whiskers and just leaving them because, he, you know, he said it was like plucking whiskers off a, off a, something about heat I didn't understand. Uh, but anyway, he said he got to this one place, and it was a cold, cold place, Sir Pounce said, full of snow, and the place where dreams go to die. And I said, oh, that scares me, Sir Pounce. And he said, it's a metaphor. Uh, and I said, what's that? And he said, anyway, he said, there was this uh, great snowstorm, Sir Pounce said, and he was trying to make it to this castle or a keep or some such place. And he said he was in the snow, and the snow was making a howling noise with the wind. Now, Sir Pounce said, you know, 
he, he, he did, you know, he's like, I just keep moving. I stay warm. I pounce around, uh, you know, pounce between some stuff. But I, I heard some cries, some cries, some high cries. And Sapon said he booked it. I ran real fast. And he said by the time he found, he found this log. And inside was a, a bundle of kittens and an old kitten mother. And he said, uh, "What you know, what's going on? They said, this log, we were in here. We had it all set up real nice. She said, you know, I'm not some bum. I was taking care of my kittens. And then this friggin', uh, you know, there was some sort of wildebeest or something stepped on the log, cracked it, and now the wind's coming in. And Zipan said, I'll tell you what, you know, the storm's going to pass by in a few hours. I'll just, I'll huddle in here with you, and I'll put the back of my back against the snow and block out the wind with my back and keep you all warm. And Zipan said he did that. Now, you might not know Zipan, but he has this whole spot on him where the fur is a different color and a little thinner. And he said, that's the where the wind whipped him and burned him. And I said, how does wind burn you? He said, cold burns, Tom, and just like fire. And he said, "Don't, but don't research that either uh, either one. And unfortunately, I did try to uh, um, burn. Anyway, I, again, they said not to speak of it or do it again. Or are they, you know, the maester? Now I have to go talk to the maester, and he gives me some drinks. Oh, it's terrible stuff. Oh, but Sapan says, just be quiet, Tom, and, and play it. Play like a fool. And uh, But don't burn or ch freeze anyone, or try to burn freeze someone as you did. But anyway, uh, so Sapan, you know, he's got a spot on him now. But he saved these cats, these baby cats, kittens, and the mother. And then he said, hey, let's go. For, I'll, I'll go find a keep for you, and then I'll come back and get you. And he said when he came back, he goes, there was another kitten there. Well, usually older than a kitten, a young young lady with them. And she said, hey, I'm the oldest sister to this, uh, uh, whatever you call it, cast of cats. How you doing? And so Pound said, I'm doing just fine. And I'm here to escort this family. You, you remember this family? She said, well, I moved away. But, uh, you know, I, I was afraid this storm, I had this sense something horrible had happened. And I came to check on my family, and, and you would save them. Saban said, don't worry about it. Let's relocate, because I got a feeling another storm's coming. And she said, well, I'd like to repay your generosity and kindness. And Saban said, well, there's a storm coming, and you can keep me warm. And so Pound said, that was the story. I took them to this keep. It was inhabited by some serious folk that I, we had to, you know, joke around with a bit. And once the kids found the kittens, they kept the kittens and there was no wolves or anything. And then so Pound said, in those many nights uh, with that cat, was some of the greatest I've ever had, plucking whiskers. She was just, just the, the she was a wonderful lady. And, uh, so Pound said, one day, Tom, and, well, you might not ever understand any of this, but unfortunately, but I'm your protector, Tom, and I'll keep protecting you because you're my best friend. And that's something I like about you, Tom, and I just don't want those people. They're all trying to break you down, Tom, and tell you what you are, but one day you're going to find out, Tom, and, and it won't involve any of this strange, you're acting out, Tom, and, and Sir Pounce is here. You don't need to act out because I'll always be here. 
just like that cat said any time you come to the north, stop on by. But I forgot the name of that town, and I don't need to remember it because I'll always remember being there. Oh, I'm going to purr a lot more, Tom, and so just stay out and stay away from me because it could get crazy. Excuse me. And that was the tale of Sir Pounce in the north and the people of the north. And also the tale of how I burned that, uh, that, uh, 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 cow with, uh, I said it was cold, but it was hot and I shouldn't have done it. And I am sorry. So that's it, uh, from Tommen. And, uh, we, hopefully the eels won't electrify me. And I'll be back again soon. Good night. I'll be listening to Sir Pounce purr and make those other groaning Sounds, what are you doing to my pillow, Sir Pounce? Sir Pounce is fighting my pillow with his hips. So, I'll talk to you later. Good night. Hey, crone, sweet crone. Miller Smith, Barky. Chester, it's me. Um, uh, praying in again. And, uh, you know, I know we had that fallout at the beginning of the episode. I'll be honest with you, God, since you're the gods, you probably already know this. I'm still not calmed down. And I know I'm supposed to be in hum humble servitude, which I normally am. But just, I guess I'm bent out of shape a bit. Um, but I guess, again, I guess I need to see this for my, you know, s s fault or somehow this is my fault, was what you probably say, since you're gods. Maybe I'm just thinking like Tom and Wood. But I guess I didn't get those boots. You know, I prayed for those boots originally, like for like a whole season, I think. And you never gave me the boots. Separate that the hound, fake hound, would leave me alone. And, you know, that didn't work out. But, uh, so I don't know. I'd like to, you know, I feel kind of worried. To, but I guess I'm a fearful um, servant of you guys because I'm afraid you're going to get some kind of vengeance on me that I won't see coming. Now, it's one thing if we're going to do a face-to-face -face battle which wouldn't go well, because I don't know, there's like five of you, there's one of me. Crone, you'd probably do something crafty, because I, I don't even know if I could fight you. I probably could, though, because I have enough repressed anger against um, authority figures of of uh, older age, uh, a lot of repressed, repressed rage, probably. So it'd probably be best if we don't fight. So let's just piece it out. Um Barky, I love trees. Like I said, I let down a couple birch trees in my life, which I'm apologizing for. Um, I did one time, me and uh, Ron, Ron K, I think it was fifth grade, we did a um, report on a box elder tree. So, and we think we got an A on that. And I remember I went to his house. So I think it was, a, might have been one of the only times I went to his house. He lived down in the country. And, um, it was great, great stuff, spending the time with a box elder tree. I don't know if we we probably included some stuff. Hopefully we just gathered it off the ground. I hope we didn't cut anything. Otherwise you'll be vengeful. But Barky, let's just make peace because I know you could drop stuff on my head, which would be no good, or trip me with branches, poke my eyes out. So I don't want to do any battle with trees. And I still got to get those DVDs back because, and plus like I, like I said, Barky, I think I got people that you like, like Groot, we've talked about, Treebeard. Um, there's probably other tree figures. 
I'm trying to think if there's like a, I guess, an archetype of cartoon tree, evil trees, like Scooby-Doo type stuff. But I'm sure maybe you, maybe not, maybe they're misunderstood and you could hang with them. So that's something. So let's just piece, piece it out, Barky. Jester, obviously I don't want to go up against you because the people that are only in season one and season two don't know who you really are. But you're cool, man. Like, wake, you're like so much cooler than me. And I like, so I look up to you. You're like the smoothest smooth of the smooth. And then you passed away and you became the jester god because you find so much amusing of our human, humanness. You find that amusing. And you're, you're totally like the uh, Bacchanalian type god that I can't, you know, quite get, I can't indulge in that anymore. So I like looking up to you, knowing that you're up there drinking wine and, 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 and ales and making sweet love to everybody, um, except the maiden. Miller, you know, I need, I need to eat. I don't want to get grinded up in any mills myself. So again, I'm sorry, but I'm going to get I'm in that. Yeah. And Smith, obviously I don't want to be melted down. I don't want to be rendered. I don't want to be made into a tool. You know, I'm already tooling enough. You don't want to be molded and, and I don't want to be molten. Just no doubt about it. Molten person is no, I'm not going to do anybody any good. Not even you guys. And then I don't want to be stuck in like one thing, like a sword or even like a freaking something even boring. And then have to wait like eons for somebody to be like, hey, let's melt this down and make it into something cool, like a sword, a cool sword, like Jon Snow's sword, um, ice, ice, uh, ice thingamajig, or Stannis' sword, sword's Lightbringer. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to be that sword because Stannis is kind of, I like Stannis. He reminds me of my roommate from uh, New York in the Bronx, Chris. Um, you know, very serious and, um, you know, literal. Uh, you know, he, he's not as bad as Stannis, though. So that's, um, so I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to fight you guys. But again, I can't be just like, um, you know, I can't, I got to stand up to you every once in a while. I gotta, you know, and then I'd even pretend stand up. Because what, got, what you know, what would I be doing good, you got gods? If I didn't tell you. Well, you know, I'm like the onion knight here. I got to tell you some truths every once in a while. Now, don't cut off my fingers, please. Please don't be cutting off my fingers. But, you know, how am I going to deal with Cat Stevens? I'm just distracted. This week I didn't get anything done because my heart was um, going out to people. There's a lot of, um, okay, yeah, I guess I don't want to go down the whole philosophy, uh, theology of, like, why is there suffering and why, you know, people have to get bad news or go through tough times because I know uh, you're just, you guys just deal with the stuff in Westeros. And I got to be in, that's a problem with bridging this friggin' gap between multiverses. It was a mistake um, because I guess, I don't know, is that what you're saying? You can't help me out here in the earth world <sighs> because that's like a lot. Then I'm going to have to. Because that's a lot of praying. If I got to pray to you guys and, you know, re- you know, return to my original roots that I was raised in or find some new roots, um, that's like a, a lot of uh, 
a lot of higher powers. I mean, you guys were already frick. How many? What do you got? Crone, one. Miller, Smith, Barkey. Oh, Jester. Did I miss anybody? Maiden. Barkey, it's like every tree on top of that. Miller. I mean, it's like I get, get a piece of bread. I feel like I got to, you know, say thanks, and I should. You know, I'm, I'm not great either. I'm sure there's the amount of uh, umbrage that someone could bring my way, maze and style, or, you know, any other style, and justified umbrage. That's what I like about Craig's umbrage, justifiable umbrage. You know, there could be a lot of umbrage towards me. Maybe gods are mad at me, um, and that's fine. Go ahead, be mad. Go ahead. That's like a tactic that I don't appreciate. Let's just be, yeah, let's truth-telling, a little more onion night. You know, I don't appreciate it. I, I How do you do I message? I feel, I feel what when you, I thought it was like separate the person from the problem. But, you know, if you're going to get mad at me for being mad at you, that's like the oldest trick in the book, Gots. Crone, come on. You've been around long enough. Like what? You don't look. You don't look a year over a thousand crown. You know, you're serious. Thousand million years. No, I'm just being hurtful now. Serious. You can be mad about that, but don't be mad at me. I feel angry when you're angry at me for being angry. Is that separating? No, that doesn't seem like productive. This is the kind of messages that never sink in for me, gods. This whole um, diffusing, getting to yes type. I think I read that book. I highlighted a bunch of stuff in it, but like, I know separate the person from problem, which sounds good when I say it. So then people are like, oh, yeah, I like that guy's style. You know, <laughs> That guy's down for separating the person from the problem. I, I respect him. But then when it gets down to the actual um, being effective or productive part, lost in translation, as they say. Um, so let's just call it even. How about that? No, that's not fair to Chelsea, Mark, Shannon. Um, but let's just call life, I guess, huh? And let's just know that they can count. Well, I guess they can count on me to help them fall asleep. And I'm your representative here in the earth world. Uh, maybe because I'm, you know, I'm getting fed up. But, uh, you know, that's when a twist till next week there's going to be some twist. For me to be so, oh, crone, totally unwrinkled, you know, new wrinkle. There's a pun on purpose. New wrinkle from the crown. You know, now I'm being pleased with myself, which means I'm going to be, you know, full of miasma or whatever the hell it is. So um, I thought I was going to use another one. What in the seven hells is going on here? Which brings up a whole other question, gods. And let's just do that. Let's say uh, discernment. I'm going to discern things. You discern stuff this pat next week about me. If you don't want me as a servant, um, that could be a problem since I'm the one that came up with this kind of new twist on this religion. But that's fine. We'll just go our separate ways. But I'll, you know what? No. No matter what, you guys get sick of me. I'm going to keep it up here for you guys. You know, you're not perfect. Who said gods were perfect? Who came up with that, you know? Maybe you don't have to be perfect, okay? So, yeah. What, 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 do I want perfect gods? No. Because, Maiden, if you were perfect, you would have got a hold of me already. 
So, and obviously if you're perfect, um, that'd be a lot harder to love because what would I be like? That's like a, some, that'd be tough to be a narcissist, narcissist looking into something, your eyes, and then you're perfect and I'm not, that would cause some problems. Um, so let's discern things this past week, but I had a question for you gods and you can discern and get back to me. When I was thinking of what in the heavens, seven hells is going on, who's running the seven hells for you guys? Because I hear about all these, you know, gods. Is that R'hllor or the Reaver God? Because R'hllor, they're trying to say Lord of Light. The night is, night is dark and full of terrors. So just wondering who's running the seven hells because I, I kind of have like an interest in that kind of stuff. It interests me. And the, the, how how stuff gets run down there. I don't know. It titillates my imagination. Um, and I have a couple of people I could recommend if you don't got anybody down there. So that's it, uh, gods. I guess we're, we're in discernment mode again. I don't, you know, um, next week I'll get back to working on praising your names and getting rid of, you know, reestablishing balance, reestablishing balance in George R. R. Martin's universe so that he doesn't see that I screwed things up. And then I guess I got to quit with the bothering uh, Tom and uh, depending on what Mark, he's got planned, maybe he doesn't have any, probably has stuff already happened that I don't know about. So I'll do that. I don't know if I can, I like Tom and too much though. He's just a great, 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 you know, I have, a, he, he stirs my heart up. I feel, you know, feel for him. Just like I feel for our friends, Mark, Chelsea, Shannon. Okay. So that's it. We agree to. Um, I agree to be disagreeable sometimes, gods, in the in the interest of truth to you. And you can agree to smoke me. You go for it. And then if it triggers a war between us, or you want to do it on some passive aggressive way, like trip me and knock out a tooth, or make it so me and the maiden never hook up, or you know whatever, that's fine. Um, I guess I can deal. I've been dealing with it for my whole life. You know, it's called human, 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 humanism, humanity, being a person. It's not easy down here. And maybe I'm, like I'm saying, I'm trying to open up my discern, you know, discerner for saying maybe you guys aren't perfect either. Maybe it's rough up there. And maybe that's why this whole religion got started because the friggin' father and the mother and the uh, warrior think they're so great. So again, let's just remember uh, the haters that we're hating on which is the father and mother, and, you know, that, and then we'll close it out with that. Um, I'm going to shake this. Let's shake this off, gods. Shake off these Taylor Swift metaphors, for, you know, because it's, otherwise, you know, I don't want to beat it, beat it, like overdo it. Okay? So that's it. I'll, I'll be back to you next week, and you know, if I'm still around or you're still around, because if you mess with me, I do have bad temper. But again, you know, I'm hoping we get some, this is just a, you know, bump in the road between our relationships. All right. Good night.